Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live, special edition for Comic-Con 2013. This is our last special Comic-Con broadcast. First of all, I have to apologize for last night. For those of you who tried tuning in, um, for those of you who are in San Diego around Comic-Con, you probably know that it is absolutely insane to try to get a Wi-Fi signal. Well, my day went from about 9 o'clock yesterday morning until I didn't get back to my hotel to nearly 10 last night because we had a thing for the Vikings, for the Vi- on History Channel, Vikings press panel. And that didn't get out till 9.30. And I looked all over the whole convention center area for a Wi-Fi connection, and I couldn't find one that lasted more than a couple minutes. So I really apologize if you tried to tune in. But we are on tonight. Lots to talk about, lots and lots, and I think I'm going to bring on the air right now Zach Van Orman, who shared much of today with me, so hang on a second. Is this Zach? Yes, I think it is. Okay. Wow, I just saw you a few minutes ago. And what were we doing just about half an hour ago? Oh, uh, I think we were um, sitting down just kind of uh, rehashing over our day, discussing Wonderland and oh, but, but, Once but, but, Upon well, Time. Were we watching something special? Um, we were doing something special, yes. Uh, I think I'll let you take that, though. And, uh, okay. Right on that. We, I got the screener for Wonderland for um, the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland brand new series, and I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. And uh, Zach being kind. What were we doing this afternoon? We were, we were hanging out with the cats of Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a yes. Time in Land. Now, I want to get to that in a minute because I know that a bunch of revolution people have been tweeting and retweeting, and I want you guys to hang on while uh, we're talking about Once Upon a Time as well, but I wanted to talk about revolution, and I, I haven't gone through all of the tapes yet for my interviews, and so I'm going to do some of this for revolution, kind of, kind of, kind of from memory. So um, if somebody wants, if you guys who are listening who are Revolution fans want to call in or tweet me, I prefer the call in rather than the tweet, but that's okay. But um, I want to talk a little bit about what happened in the chat room and on the chat room in the press panel for Revolution. Um, everyone was in the room. So we talked to Billy Burke. We talked to Eric Kripke. We talked about new executive. We talked to new executive uh, producer Rockney S.O. Bannon. And um, so I'm going to just kind of tell you some of the things that happened, unless you're going to ask me questions. Anyway, um, we got to meet with Giancarlo Esposito. And, of course, there's a crossover, right, Zach, between Once Upon a Time and um, Revolution in that way. Because Joe Esposito yes, it certainly is, was, yeah. Right, because, and he's got a huge part on Revolution, but a smaller part on Once Upon a Time. But he's going to Vancouver next week to start shooting Once Upon a Time episodes. So I asked him, even though it was sort of like not, um, shall we say, proper etiquette to ask about a different show <laughs> while 
I'm in NBC's press room, but I did anyway. And um, he's, I asked him, I said, so is he going to be let out of the um, asylum? And so he sort of smiled at me and he said, well, we're maybe not going to see him happen in that world. So I think we're only going to see him in his old position. So maybe flashbacks, stuff like that. And I guess that's going to be pretty early on because so, they're filming next week. So on to Revolution for a little bit. Um, so Rockne S. O'Bannon, who is a legendary producer in television, um, was a fan of the series last year. And it was really interesting talking to Eric Kripke, who also, by the way, is the showrunner for Supernatural. But one of the things that um, Eric said right off the bat was he agrees with a lot of the criticism that was leveled against the series last year. It was unfocused. It didn't really find itself till much, much later in the series, uh, in the season, and that it really, it really took its time. So next season, the power is going to be back on. It's because at the end of this last season, the power, they found the place where the power is. The power's on, but now the missiles are launched, and now we're in the aftermath of a nuclear attack. And there, the focus, this year, the focus was people, they started in one place, and they sort of moved. They started in Chicago, my hometown, and they moved kind of east and south. And, and you know, the story was a little scattered and a little bit too many storylines um, and not enough focus. And um, Kripke realized that uh, there was a problem, too many plot lines, not enough focus. But this season, it's all taking place in one place, and that's a small town in Texas. They're going to be filming in Texas. And it'll be a very tight focus. Um, and and look at the aftermath of it. The power won't be on for very long, but it's you know. But this town is Rachel's hometown, and um, it's really going to look at how these people deal with this new situation. You know, who's left? How are you going to rebuild? And Eric basically said that the people who are left are heroes. Are really the leaders of the new um, the new world. Um, they're the ones that are going to be dealing with the rebuilding. Um, and one of the things that they really want to do is make it, a, what he said, and this is a quote, a saga, um, sorry, a saga uh, of mankind's future. That's what he said, a saga of mankind's future. Um, and there are going to be so many new characters. I'm kind of going through my notes here, so forgive my tongue-tiedness. Um, Giancarlo Esposito said of his character that, you know, he's a guy who sort of likes control. You know, he likes a very structured control. He's a soldier. He follows orders very, very well. And he's really um, in a position right now where I'm getting dinged and tweeted and all sorts of things, um, where he's thrust into a world where there is no more control. It's chaos. And how does he deal with that? How does he deal with putting his family back together? Um, his character has made quite a journey from where he started before the lights went out, um, where he was really kind of a quiet, um, a quiet, mild-mannered guy, and to where he went to now where he's going now. Um, for Miles... Um, you know, is he going to be able to get up 
the motivation to wage war again. It's a new character. They've brought on Steve Collins, Rachel's father. He's kind of gritty and grouchy, and, and um, basically Eric Kripke said is he will blow us all away. One of the features of this is there are these multi-ethnic clans um, that are um, they're like warlord clans, and they're they're headed by warlords. So it's all this tribal warfare, and um, one of them, one that they really come up against is this head was before the lights went out was head of a boys' school. And there were like these 200 boys. And for the last 15 years, he's been raising them sort of Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, Lord of Flies style. So, you know, they're, they're being raised to be the, this, these, this, you know, really nasty sort of. I, I had images in my head of the Road Warrior and the Unfunded sort of Mad Max kind of world. Um, and then the other thing that I have to contend with are uh, the Patriots. The President's Alive. He's in Cuba, um, and um, people are grieving on my picture that I posted earlier today. <laughs> I'm getting all these tweets. Um, but they're coming from Cuba, and, you know, who's the American president? Who are these guys? What's been going on in Guantanamo for 15 years? And it's all gotten very twisted. And they're all like Randall Monroe, but they're only their worst. So this is what these guys have to contend with in the year to come. And it looks like a really exciting season, and I'm actually really excited about it. I wasn't so excited about it for much of this year, but I'm really looking forward to see where they're going with it. So that's kind of my revolution wrap-up um, in, a, in a nutshell, and I will be posting once I get a chance to go through all of my uh, recordings, and I have video of all of my interviews from Revolution, so please keep your eyes posted to my Twitter feed, because once I get back, or probably tomorrow sometime after the after Comic-Con is kind of over for me, um, uh, I will be writing everything up. I'll have a Wi-Fi connection that will actually let me upload video, which I can't really do right now. It takes too long, and the videos are high definition. And I have videos of Billy Burke. I have videos of all the entire cast in 10-minute interviews um, that I did along with some other journalists and um, lots of really, really good stuff. And in addition, if you haven't seen my Twitter, feed, my Twitter picture or you're not following me on Twitter, follow me at at uh, B underscore Barnett, so I'm B underscore Barnett, Barnett, and I tweeted a picture of me and Giancarlo because we're best buddies now. Just kidding. <laughs> I hope you <laughs> So that's my revolution wrap-up, but I will be doing one in print. I will be uploading videos to Vimeo um, and, and embedding them in the articles, which will all appear on Blog Critics. So that's blogcritics.org, and look for it under the Comic-Con widget, and then I'll also be posting Let's Talk TV, which is letstalktv.barbabarnett.com. So look for those probably, I would say, Monday-ish, um, if not before, but I will tweet that out. So if you're not following me on Twitter, do so, so that you know when those are posted, because I have lots of good stuff. And as I said, I will be posting about 45 minutes of video interviews with the cast of Revolution. So that's Revolution. I was at, I was at Viking class and I posted an article about that. So if you go to Blog Critics, you can read about that. And again, I'll be posting video um, early part of the week on Vikings. So let's get to Once Upon a Time and Wonderland, mm, okay. shall we? Yeah. Okay. Right. So why don't you tell me tell me how your day was? Um. 
I don't know. I can, <laughs> my day was pretty awesome. I got to say, um, you know, I, I started out my morning just kind of preparing for the, you know, the fact that this yeah. was going to happen. And, and then, uh, when I got to the hotel, you know, I, I, I actually needed to stop and get a, a, a smoothie or a frozen yogurt or something, you know, down at that, that little place down there, sweet thing, if I think it's called, remember I met you there yesterday. Um, I had a little bit to buy, you know, a bite to eat there. Yeah, and then yummy, when I went up there, oh, it was so delicious too. And they were so friendly and it's like a really good family atmosphere. Anyways, um, I go upstairs into the hotel and, you know, I walk in the room and start, I look for the, you know, they have a, up at the front where the press line was, um, I should explain maybe, I was doing the press line, which is where, you know, the backdrop of Comic-Con is up and they're kind of going from reporter to reporter. I was not at the round tables like Barbara was, so we were at kind of two different places. So it was a little bit different experience. Um, when I got there, they had in front of that backdrop, they had a bunch of pieces of paper on the floor, and that had, you know, whatever, you know, news crew you were with. And so I found my spot and set up my camera and, you know, turned the screen around to make sure I was in it, tested my microphone and everything, and, and uh, it was all good to go. And then, you know, I just kind of waited, and then, Barbara, I saw you and, you know, chatted with you for a second beforehand. And and then when they came in, first it was it was Robert Carlyle. Um, I saw him come in first, and then um, he started doing the press line after he did a photo opportunity, and then after that, Lana Perea came in, and um, I since I accidentally bumped into Robert Carlyle yesterday. Um, yes, you did, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. I wasn't on the show yesterday, but I did run into him accidentally on the street, completely random act of magic. So yeah. um, he was just there. It was just, it was just, it just happened. So, you know, having met him already, you know, I was kind of prepared to see him. But then when Lana Perea walked in, I was, um, you know, understandably a little, um, I had a fanboy moment, I'll be honest, because it was the evil queen. And I look up to her as an actress and because, you know, being somebody who likes to write and, you know, she brings such an awesome presence and power to her character that, you know, it, it inspires you to write something similar. So, you know, I was very, you know, conscious of that and, and just kind of in awe of her as a person right there in that moment. And then I kind of just saw everybody else, you know, I saw, um, you know, Emily DeRaven walked in and then I saw Jane, you know, Jeannie Goodwin and Josh Dallas and, um, I saw Jennifer Morrison, who, you know, for anybody listening who doesn't know, she's like my, my favorite actress of all time, and Emma is my favorite that. character <laughs> ever. So I was, um, I was pretty, I really was fanboying to see her. She looked gorgeous. Um, she always has her hair in a braid, which I think is always so cute. Anyways, um, so I just, yeah, and then I saw, you know, Colin O'Donohue and Michael Raymond James. Um, I think they went and did the tables first. I'm not sure, yeah. but I thought I saw them go down and sit down at your table first, Barbara, while I was yeah. you know, waiting for press. Yeah. So, um, so there was that, and then you know I saw Adam, um, I saw Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis walk in, and you know, and and then as they were making their way down the press line, of course, you know, Ginny Goodwin, they were starting to bounce around because everybody was talking to a reporter. So um, Ginny Goodwin came down to my end of the row, and you know, she was the first person that I interviewed, and then. I went to Emily DeRaven and then just kind of one person after that, Jennifer Morrison and Lana Priya and so forth, and and then Josh Dallas. And they were all so gracious and kind and nice. And I have to say, it was so – I mean, really, they were. Um, they were so willing to answer questions and yeah. to really sit there and talk to me for a minute, um, which I really appreciated a lot. Um, my, you know, Mike Raymond James and Colin O'Donoghue, they were great. Um, just everybody. And then when Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis came over – 
they were so friendly and warm in their greeting and yeah. you know they they knew who I was because of my association with Once Upon a Fan so it was it was just kind of surreal and I got to I got the chance to tell everybody that you know I appreciated their work you know as a as their <laughs> professional status because it has really had an effect so yeah and they don't always hear that from the press um and I think that's a really important thing I have to tell you what my fan group I had I don't actually have fangirl moments at Stop because this was this was my second year for the Once Upon a Time um, uh, press rooms, and I've interviewed some. I've interviewed Adam and Eddie. I had a one on one, a half hour one on one with them. Um, I've talked to Lana Priya. I did a very long interview with her <clears throat> early this year in November, which is their on blog critics. But I had a true fangirl moment. I have never had a fangirl moment before interviewing anybody on the phone or in person because um, I have my I asked Robert Carlyle if he would take a picture with me and he was so so sweet he really was such a gentleman and so because they were okay one well, you know, the, the, the handlers are there and they're like okay like a quick really quick one and he's like yeah don't pay attention to her <laughs> so he was just really yeah. nice came over you know put his arm around me um and uh you know he's like right he's like my husband's height it was like really nice put his arm on my shoulder i put his my arm on his back and it's like oh yeah just like with phil um <laughs> except it's robert carlisle um but he was really sweet i told him i've been a fan of his movies and i've seen all of his films and he just thought it was really nice and he really appreciated that and it was one of those moments. I tweeted that picture. It was not one of my best pictures I've ever taken of me, but he was quite stunning, um, as somebody tweeted to me. Anyway, I, I got some really good – I listened to some of the tapes that I made. Again, everything, all of the recordings, an, almost an hour of Once Upon a Time. It was so awesome. It was just the best. Into I mean, my article – which it was it was great it was great um so i wanted to hey, share Robert, we're having a little bit of a signal break up because i think i just interrupted you and i didn't mean to do that so i think the signal's breaking up a little bit oh i'm sorry okay um i'm going to tell some of my sound bites and then you can tell some of your sound bites too huh okay if you want okay so um so first I had uh first I had at our table um Colin O'Donoghue and, and Michael Raymond James. They are very sweet. Um it's Colin O'Donoghue it looks so pretty on screen and he's really and I don't like pretty so much. He's really attractive, um, I have to say, as a girl. Um, they were both Comic Con virgins, they said. This was their first one and they were looking forward to, to kind of going around. Um, so I asked Colin O'Donoghue, um, so he and Rumpel sort of had a, you know, mutual uh, tolerance, you know, at the, at the, as they, as they ended the season. Um, but he says, you know, it's kind of hard to let go 300 years of revenge. You know, it's really deeply rooted. Um, he's going to, you know, maybe he'll try to move on with his life. And, and what he said was Hook would, he'd like to see Hook go on a date. I thought that was cute. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he he hasn't had anybody since Mila, so definitely. Right, it's time. I suggested it could be Emma. Michael Raymond James took great exception to that. 
And uh, then, you know, he says, well, you know, as far as what can, you know, like Regina said, well, what is there after revenge? There's, there's nothing left in the book's life. And he said, well, maybe he'll, he'll become a fisherman. You know, he's got the boat. So he was quite amusing. <laughs> he was quite awesome. amusing. Um, so uh, the first episodes, they said that the first episodes, for several episodes, are really switching back and forth between the boat and um, Neverland. And um, so we're not going to see much of the story in the first few episodes. Um, they also said, this is still Colin and Michael, um, that it's really interesting, or actually Colin, um, they have to work together. You know, they have the three villains and the three goodies, as he called them, the three goodies. Um, and they have to band together for greater good. And, and will that happen? You know, can that happen? And yeah. uh, I you know, I said, does it, does it, uh, do they do it at all? And he's like, kind of looking at me and he says, not really. <laughs> so, um, and then we had Adam and Eddie come to the table. And so I said, uh, I asked them, um, so we're going to have one big happy family, right? And what they said was, you know, there's a, there's really, we have a boatload of, of people who are all leaders, you know, and want to be in charge. And what happens, you know, maybe they've all got this great, um, you know, mission ahead of them. And they're all gung ho, but what happens when they hit that first obstacle? Obstacle. How are they all going to relate to that and react to that? Um, so what this this whole mission does, this whole mission of season three, is to bring the characters back to where they were um, before the curse. Maybe um, Rumple, you know, for example, Rumple, you know, in the, in the first season they were two separate entities, right? They didn't intersect. Second season, you know, it's we are both. First season is really finding out who they really are and getting back to who they're really supposed to be. Um, for example, you have Rumpel, uh, who has to make the right choice, but he has to do it by becoming the dark one again in order for it to happen. So um, that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, let's see. We don't see storybooks for the first few um, oh, somebody asked why make Peter Pan an evil character, um, and they just thought it would be kind of um, you know a, a sinister sort of place where people didn't want to ever grow up, and they thought that might be kind of an interesting, you know, a scary place where the lost mm-hmm. boys, the lost boys were were in a scary place, maybe not such a fun place. Which actually, if you read the book, it is. And it's very much true to, to J.M. Barry. Um, the other question was Greg about Greg and Tamara. Um, you know, here they were anti-magic fundamentalists, and that's the word that um, Adam and Eddie used, fundamentalists. And, uh, you know, they maybe didn't even know they were actually working for P-Pan. You know, how they know that? Yeah, and the question yeah, yeah. Is, Right? I mean, they, maybe they didn't even know that. And the thing is, that stuff that they were using, you know, wow, what kind of weird technology is that? But, but Aminetti said, well, was it technology or was it magic? Um, was it magic? Was it technology? And again, but Adam and Eddie said, and, and this is actually interesting because I'm exploring this theme in my novel, what is magic and what is science? It's really fun that they say this. Because really, is it magic or is it is are magic and technology really the same thing? That was actually um, one of the reasons that they put um, that they rumble on a plane. 
him, you know, he's nervous, right? And you can see that. He's also fascinated, right? He's fascinated. What magic is this? And uh, that, they led that, led them into a discussion of the magic of of Robert Carlyle. That that they said, uh, you don't have to have rewards for him. He, you know, he he totally bound. Um, And uh, because he just explored himself. Um, so of Rumpelstiltskin, you know, what's going to happen with him? Because now he's in this kind of place, I mean, where he's kind of a hero, you know, kind of a hero. Mm. Um, but as they said, he's a difficult man to love. He always makes the wrong choices, um, but it's very complicated. He's going to save Henry because his own son, he believes, is dead. I mean, when you think about it, and this is what they said, is he created this monster uh, in Regina to create this, ruin everybody's life to reconnect with John. That's a really awful, nasty thing. But at the same time, there's an incredible beauty to that, you know, to go to the extended family. They asked him about their, the hero moment at the end, and um, they said – that Rumpel's story in the premiere is one of our favorites, that quote. He is on a fair mission, going to fulfill the prophecy, willing to kill himself to save Henry. We will see an entirely new gold. Now, that's intriguing. Yeah, that's very interesting. I can't wait to it, see what he's going to do with that. I know. Okay, so now, okay, so now I see we have. Oh my God, how many people do we have in the chat room? We have twenty people in the chat room. Hey, twenty people in the chat room. If you yeah. want to call in hey, and say hi, call, call us, call us, ask questions because I don't remember everything and neither does Zach. Call us seven. Uh, yeah, it's 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 three. really such a blur of just excitement it and is. you know, like yeah. so many other people around you and just yeah, it was crazy. It is, and, and so there's stuff that we've got. So if you call in at questions, 718-305-6982. Um, so, okay, so Emily, I asked Emily right off the bat to comment on Rumble because I said that my listeners and my readers will kill me. So what she says is um, Rumble is little on the rocks. That um, he, you know, he didn't want her to go. Um, and she was really upset. It's going on this, his motivation is he's on this suicide mission and didn't want her to be involved. But he gave her the coping device and she has to stay. If she had jumped on the boat, what was going to happen to Story Rock? Um, we'll definitely see more independent. Um, you know, really, 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 um, striking out her own because she's always been so tied to gold, and now she's not. Um, yeah. She did a little bit of imagining what Lacey off camera. <laughs> Mischief might have gotten into. Um, she thought kissing guy in the alley uh, was a bit tacky. Um, I asked Josh uh, Dallas um, about what is his grandfather. <laughs> he says he hopes he looks this young when he really is a grandfather. Um, but he's very proud of Henry. Um, he, he thinks it's going to be really hard for everybody on the ship. It's like he said, quote, a motley crew on a high situation all live through sets, different sets of rules that they have. They all have different morality and all different take on ethics. And it will be 
explosive. Can they come together to form an alliance? Josh was like, yeah, I don't know what these guys, who knows? Um, of course, the wild card in all of this is Hook. We don't know his motivations. But on the other hand, Josh told me that all the characters are kind of wild cards for, for everyone else. Um, but uh, David really wants to go home uh, to Storybrooke. Um, he said he definitely needs to be back to Storybrooke. Um, he wants to go back, set things right. Um, Lana, Perea, I'm just kind of going through my notes really quickly, guys, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Zach. Let us know what they said um, to you. Um, she's now kind of forced to work with all these people, and she doesn't really like it much, um, but she doesn't have a choice. But she also says something really cool. She let, she sees them, see these, sees these guys, um, Snow and Charming and her and Hook and Rumple as the Avengers. They're like superheroes. Um, out to save the day, out to save a life. But how long, she actually said she prefers being evil, and she's kind of glad. She misses, she misses the evil, and she thought so does everybody else, and that, that the queen was, quote-unquote, born to be bad. It was a nice experiment that Regina tried, but now it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, she said that. Yeah, that was what she she shared with me as well. So I'm I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um and let's see. Oh gosh, I don't did I have my notes for Robert Carlyle yet? Oh my god, did I not write down notes? Really? Okay, so I'm gonna do this from memory. Well there I mean so, there's a lot of interviews. I mean <laughs> Yeah, okay, so so what but you know, I mean, I was so taken with Carlyle. I mean I could just listen to him talk forever. But I asked yeah. him um uh he was basically saying, you know, I I said to him and I don't even know if I already said this cuz I've talked to so many people. Um but he basically said um that um he really needs Oh yeah, I didn't say this to anyone. Um that, you know, he's really trying to do the right thing by finding Henry. Um but he really 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 needs Belle. I mean, he needs her. He she is what centers him. And and when you guys hear the interview, I mean, it was a very important thing he said that really Bell's Bell's purpose for him, aside from the fact he loves her a great deal, is um that Rumpel loves Bell a great deal is that she really anchors him. She really centers him. And she's going to be gone. And he really needs her. But Okay, spoiler alert, they are going to meet again. They will be getting back together in, wait for it, wait for it, Neverland. Did you? Did he tell you that? Did anyone tell you that, Zach? Yeah, did you he, know that? Yeah, he said that. Yeah, yeah, he said that to me that um, that they were going to meet up in Neverland, but it was not going to be in the way that you think. But there's always going right. to be that once upon a time twist to it. So don't yes, you know, don't expect to see Belle there necessarily, but they will be right. reunited there. So I mean, he's such know. a powerful wizard, and he's such an insightful person that mm-hmm. I would almost imagine he could about her and 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 holding on to her in that way. Um, maybe that's just the romantic in me. Now there are, oh gosh, there are 31 people in the chat room. Hi guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, so, so I kind of went through this really quickly. Did anyone uh, say anything to you that I missed that, that you, they said, because a lot of them said the same things to all of us. 
Um, honestly, I'm, I've been kind of going back through my brain to, you know, to try and think of, of stuff that, that they said. Um, but it's, I mean, really, I mean, a lot of the stuff that stood out is the stuff that you mentioned already. Um, I would also say, I, I know that Josh, I asked Josh if there was going to, there's going to be a charming Thanksgiving dinner this year. And, I mentioned uh, that yeah. to Ginny. I said to Ginny. <laughs> I said they're going to have uh, your Thanksgiving <laughs> Yeah, and so he thought he thought that was funny. He was like, yeah, what kind of dinner that would be? I was like, yeah, just some turkey and chimera just together on the table, you know, no big deal. So, right. you know, that was that was kind of a – that was a funny moment there with him. Um, I had a really – I mean, I'll be honest. I had a lot of fanboy moments with them. Like I, I actually, I, I can't even believe it. I was asking Lana Priya a question and I forgot what it was halfway through the sentence. <laughs> and so I just looked at her and said, I'm sorry, I'm having a fanboy moment right now because I can't believe that I'm talking to you. And she was so gracious and was just like, you know, it's, it's fine. It's okay. And just, we, I asked it again and we kept going and it was fine. I mean, you know, that was, there was just so much going on because I was, I mean, there was just so much like, cause you know, I being up there with the other you know, reporters with camera crews and everything, yeah. we were all trying to stay out of each other's shots at the same time. So, you know, in between okay. interviews, I'm having to, like, move left and right on the camera, you know, to make sure that, you know, one person isn't seeing me and I'm not blocking somebody else from seeing, you know, their interview right. subject. So it was like, you know, that plus trying to keep my wits about me because, you know, when they announced all of the extra news at the panel, right. um, you know, some of the questions that I had already prepared kind of fell by the wayside because they sure, didn't seem happens, as important right. as the stuff, right, you know, right. that was going to, you know, but at the same time, since I was in the room and I didn't have that good of a signal, I had limited knowledge on what was happening in the panel. Sure. So, you know, I knew that Ariel was going to be in season three. I knew Jafar was going to be on Wonderland. I knew that Tinkerbell right. was going to have a, you know, a, and, a, a and, history and, with and, something and on the panel. And guess who's playing Jafar is Naveen Andrews, yes. everyone yes. from Lost, the wonderful Naveen, um, who I had my picture taken with. Um, I really like him. Anyway, we had a couple of questions, and there's a couple people on the line. So I'm going to answer the questions in the chat room. Horror Movie Examiner, ooh, it's going to come at a press conference. Um, how do you think the voyage to Neverland would go? Not well. I get the impression every single one of the guys I asked kind of was, eh, when they get to that first obstacle, I'm not so sure. So I think it's going to be a bumpy voyage at best. And also another question, did I see the Jolly Roger? Um, I saw it from the outside. Zach, you saw it from the inside. Right? Oh, sorry, you floor. broke up a little bit. Which part? What did you see? What did I see? It's all the Jolly Roger. Oh yeah, I did. I have I have been inside the Jolly Roger, the the booth that they have out on the exhibit floor, and I'll probably be going back there again tomorrow because I want the other two pins. To be honest, I'm gonna go so, tomorrow um, afternoon when it out a little bit. Um, I'm gonna go definitely hang there, and I go and I just didn't have any time. Um, oh, it's cool on the inside. That's um, uh, I'm gonna go and hang out a little bit tomorrow. So you know what? Guys, what you're going to have to do to find out is listen in on Monday night's regular show. So you're going to have to come back because there's a, a, you know, a teaser cliffhanger. Really find out, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Okay, you're going to have to. Um, okay, so there's somebody online. So I'm going to bring that person in. Hang on. Hi, you're on the line with us. How are you? Oh, Hi. Hi. Is it a question or a 
comment? Um, um, my name's Olivia, and I'm a huge rumbler. And I know you touched on it earlier, but I'm personally super excited to see what's going on at Storybrooke with Belle on her own. Like, we have our whole, like, not hierarchy, but we have it all settled. Like, Leroy is sheriff. Like, we're really pumped on Tumblr to see what happens with her. Mm, oh, yeah. It's, I think it's going to be really, really cool. Um, I know Emily said um, that she was really, really happy that um, we were going to see her apart from Rumble because she's been so tied to Rumble or Mr. Gold the whole time. She also said she wanted to see an exploration, more of her backstory with her family and yeah. more of her backstory of those days with Rumble at the beginning. And I think that would be cool. And she said both she'd like to see both of those things. But we are going to see her as an independent, strong woman on her own. Um, but she is still, you know, rumble in her life. And she was quite upset with him that, you know, he left her on the shore. Oh, yeah. But she knows. I mean, he's going to die. And, and she knows that. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was like one of those heroic moments that, oh, my God. Um, oh, this is something that Robert said. Um, someone asked him about um, what what the hardest moment to play um, this, this season was, and he was talking about Manhattan um, and how difficult that was emotionally, how draining, like a lot of a lot of tears, um, a lot of you know dying is never an easy thing to do. There's a huge amount of emotion to play, but and he also mentioned that incredibly emotional phone call that he makes to Belle as being just an incredibly intense emotional experience to have to be as an actor. So that was uh, another little tip he gave me. Um, he's, he's a good guy. Um, do you have a question? I'm going to take you, push you back in the green room. Hello? Um, oh, and then... I was just going to also add, do you guys think, so from that trailer, I'm assuming Ariel's in Storybrooke. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Oh, you know, we, we, also have, we also have to talk about, because we have six minutes left, we haven't talked about Wonderland at all. Yeah, we've got to talk about Wonderland. We do. We have to talk about it for like two minutes, and then everybody's got to come back Monday night for the show. Right. We could really yeah. talk. We've seen it. We've actually seen the episode, so we can actually talk about the episode a little bit. So there'll be spoilers. Not many, but there'll be spoilers. Anyone who knows me, who's seen the screeners, um, especially what was it, the Miller's daughter? You guys were all trying to get me to um, spill the beans, and I only teased. I only tease because that's the only way that I get to stay friends with everybody on the show is to only tease and not to tell. So, um, 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 okay, so hang on. I'm going to put you I'll put you back in the green room. Okay, thank you thank for you calling so much. in. Thanks, Olivia, for calling thank in. Thank you. Bye. So let's talk about Wonderland. For, oh, do you think, do you, oh, gosh, do you think, that Sebastian Stan, I keep losing it, will make it back to do Mad Hatter again. It's entirely possible. He may be in Wonderland. I mean, it's possible. Oh, by I the think, way. I think that there's a really good chance that that's going to happen. He's just a really busy guy right now. So He really is a busy guy. Oh, by the way, did you all, did you all hear that Amy Acker was signed full 
time now on what was the show? And now I can't remember what I tweeted. Um, heck, I don't remember what I tweeted, but she just got a full-time post on some other show. So I don't know how much we'll see the Blue Fair. Sorry, Chrissy. I know she's going to be really upset. But, yes, Amy Acker got a full-time um, uh, job on another series. Um, but that's we're not going to see her. Look what happened to Giancarlo. We're going to see him again. Um, so Wonderland, really quick, we have like four minutes. So um, it looks really awesome, doesn't it, Zach? Um, it, yeah, I'm, I was pretty impressed because, uh, I, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I was kind of like, really, a spinoff already? And then now that I've seen that, um, I can't. I honestly can't wait to see more of that story. I'm very excited to see where it's going to go. Um, there is clearly, you know, the – the storyline that they're going to tell from the present is going to be amazing, but you can tell that the past flashbacks yeah. that they'll probably do will also be really, really awesome. I am really intrigued yeah. by it. It all looks really good. Um, Emma Rigby looks pretty interesting as the Red Queen. Uh, they all did a really good job with their characters, so I'm I'm pretty yeah. impressed. I can't wait to see it. They really did, and it was really good to be in the press room, but um, those are probably going to have to wait until Monday night show or read the article or follow our tweets and stuff like that. But um, you're almost out of time. I only allotted 45 minutes for these recap shows. And uh, just because, you know, who knows how much or how little there is to talk about um, on any given day. I do want to say that um, I was at the Vikings, um, Histories, the Vikings um, series. And it is absolutely a show you should check out. If you like epic drama, this, this takes place at the time of Alfred Great and when the Vikings first began to explore and raid Britain um, and so much of British culture and mythology is tied to Norse mythology and because of that, the Celts and all those guys. Um, and it's a, it sounds like a fabulous series that was created by Michael Hurst, who um, also created the Tudors. So um, that's a really, um, it's a really cool uh, series on the History Channel. Um, ten episodes aired. You can get them. The DVD is coming out. You can find it online, and it's been reviewed for a second season. It was the first time History Channel had ever been to Comic Con. And see, they did. You know, you you and I were in the press rooms today, right? They don't feed you. They offer Vikings. No had a spread last night, let me tell you, wine and cheese and ale and beer and crackers and fruit and chutney, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so they really were kind of nice. Um, wait till next year. They probably will give us nothing. Um, but this was their first time at Comic-Con, and, and they didn't know better, so they fed the press. Um, so I don't even remember what else I did yesterday. Um, I was at the Defiance panel in the morning. I interviewed, uh, oh, Tivek, sorry, Vivek Tiwari. Um, Vivek Tiwari um, is, was the, he produced uh, American Idiot on Broadway. And he is about to come out in November with um, a, uh, a graphic novel called The Fifth Beetle, which is about Brian Epstein. 
and it looks fantastic, and it's going to be made into a feature film. And I have an interview with him as well, an audio interview, and I will put that up as well. So, gosh, I can't even remember what else I did yesterday, to be honest. Um, Defiance in the morning, the Vikings in the evening, and I can't remember what else I did in between except for Vivek, and I'm sure I did something, and I can't remember what it is for the life of me. Um, But you'll have to tune in. I'm not going to be doing a show tomorrow night, but I will be doing my regular show Monday night, the 22nd, um, because I will be coming back by then. And tomorrow morning, oh, my gosh, tomorrow morning I completely forgot. Um, I have an interview with Jane Espenson. Um, So I'm going to be doing uh, an interview with her about Once Upon a Time, and then I will be talking to her about husbands as well. And I know, Zach, you also have an interview with her. So I do. At, I have an interview with her in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Right after me, in fact, I think. And um, so ask her different questions. <laughs> we don't know what we're asking her. So, I mean, we don't, we don't know what each other are doing. But anyway, so thank you all for tuning in. And be sure yeah. to tune in again Monday night for the regular show. And thanks. And have a rest of happy rest of Comic-Con. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.